last year's national championship game, my tire last week on I-35, and TCU Colorado this Saturday. All things blowouts. This is Locked On Big 12. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Big 12. Drake Toll, host of Locked On Big 12, alongside Kevin Borba, host of Locked On Buffs. Stephen Simcox, host of Locked On Horn Frogs. Uh, guys, let's let's this whole TCU Colorado thing. Hey, first, thank you all for making our shows your first listen every single day. Mm-hmm. This whole TCU Colorado thing, Borba, I'll start with you. Looks like a blowout on paper. Dion said he's bringing his bags and they're Louie. I don't know if they were as Louie as they were supposed to be. You know, I think they were as Louie as they could be when you try to bring in 50, over 50 new players. I don't know if the transfer portal was as deep as he originally thought it would be, but I still think he made do and brought in some good guys. Um, I talked about it on our crossover episode yesterday. Um, we got SEC guys like Jordan Dominic, who had seven and a half sacks for Arkansas last season, um, a safety who started and was really good at Arkansas, Miles Slusher. They have Travis Hunter. So they got guys. Um, I think everything he says is blown out of proportion in some aspect, and so I think that. It's kind of a, a case of that, and that's why this blowout is um, kind of being blown out of proportion, I guess you could say, like your tire on your road trip. But here's the thing. Um, am, am I allowed to use a transfer property on this show, Drake? Can I use a transfer uh, property? I, I took ideas in mathematics in college, never really mathematics, so uh, you'll have to really walk me through it. Okay, transitive property. My favorite property of them all. Um, we talked about this yesterday, Stephen, so you're going to have to hear the same thing again, but this is for the new listener. Um, last year, the biggest matchup that I think – we we saw between these two teams was Chandler Morris versus the Colorado defense that went one and eleven, right? Uh-huh. He struggled. Okay. So theoretically, if this roster is better, Chandler Morris would struggle again. So I I get the blowout stuff, but I also want to bring that point to the table. So that's just my my, my little tidbit there. Transitive property. The circle of suck. If somebody beats somebody <laughs> in something, it then it all kind of works out in the end. Steven Simcox of Locked On Horn Frogs, do uh do the Col- does Colorado scare you? No, but I do love – I will say this. Kevin brought a new argument to the table because for months, Colorado fans and Coach Prime stands have been telling me you can't – like there's nothing you can take from last year's team, yeah. last season's game. This is basically an expansion team that Dion's bringing to Fort Worth Saturday. So if if you base anything off that 1-11 you know, team last year, you're being a fool. But Kevin is saying this defense that you know obviously struggled last year for, for Colorado – because they kind of held okay against Chandler Morris, that would give them a chance. I mean, I've I've really dug into this strike this week. I've tried to go through all the names. Kevin laid out some you know good players that are there. I know they have a couple uh, transfers from South Florida um, and Jimmy Horn Jr. and Xavier Weaver. They like there's there's talent here. Like they, he's definitely upgraded this roster. Um, but I keep coming back to what's it what's it going to look like when they hit the field? Like how are they going to have any continuity? in game one of a brand new coaching staff, brand new team. Um, And I honestly feel like that in some ways might be their biggest advantage. Like if you want to spin it and say, Sonny Dykes has talked about the challenge of it's hard to prepare for this group. You know, they, they they don't really know what film to watch. They can't watch last year's Colorado team. They've watched some of Kent state to get a feel for John Lewis. They've watched some Alabama to get a feel for the defense. Um, But there's a lot of unknown as the game goes on, though, and the depth and the talent of TCU takes over, I, I just feel like this is going to be a lopsided affair. And maybe Colorado 
you know, throws the kitchen sink out there and hits some big plays. But ultimately, I just don't really see a path for them to keep this a competitive football game for four quarters. Hmm. Kevin, welcome to the Big 12. Colorado, Deion welcome, Sanders coming to the back. league welcome next back. year. <laughs> welcome back to the Big 12. As we've completely <laughs> forgotten that Colorado left this league high and dry now almost 15 years ago. Kevin, what does yes. that add to this matchup from a Colorado standpoint? The fact that the Big 12 moniker is now tabbed on this game. Yeah, I think for Colorado, the Big 12 offers promise. It offers a new potential and offers new life. Um, Realistically, um, let's call a spade a spade. In the Pac-12, Colorado was the worst team. Um, They accomplished literally nothing except for one year. Um, They did make it to the Alamo Bowl um, during the COVID year, but we don't count that. They made it to the Pac-12 title game uh, back in 2016, 2017, I believe. So they didn't accomplish much. They never really felt – it felt like when you go to a new school and you just don't make friends is what it kind of felt like. Mm -hmm. And then – they ended up transferring back to their old school, a.k.a. the Big 12. Are you 12. saying it was the wrong decision to leave the Big 12? You know, at that time, we have to we have to take off our Big 12 glasses, and we have to realize the Pac-12 um, was in a position to kind of be the richest and most prominent conference. Now, obviously, Larry Scott and uh, Dr. K, George Klinikoff, ran that into the ground, but at that time, they had the richest TV deal. Um, they had the Pac-12 network, which was my first employer, shout out, um, but that was supposed to be a huge thing. Um, They just mismanaged it. And so I think it was in theory and in thinking that it was going to be ran correctly, Mm -hmm. a good decision, but obviously um, there's a reason there's four teams left and Colorado is back in the big 12. I do think there's more excitement. And I think this could be a rivalry to kind of wrap this up. A rivalry between Colorado and TCU. Stephen Simcox, what do you think about that? Is this where you introduce Colorado back to the big 12? I mean, I, I guess it could happen in theory. You know, TCU has has Baylor and Texas Tech that are the regional rivalries. They also have some history with, with Utah and BYU. But, um, I mean, they're going to take the field Saturday, apparently wearing shades and yeah. uh, with, with new helmets, Colorado that is, and a, a lot of swagger. So, I, I think if this game gets out of hand, then we could see uh, some tempers flare and some good energy from both teams uh, in a hot stadium. So maybe there is a future rivalry here. Um, I guess one big part of that though, too, is for, as both of you guys know, is Dion going to like stick around, right? Like if, if this experiment goes well, is this just a springboard to uh, SEC school X or, you know, his, his alma mater in Florida State, or is he in this for the long haul? But sure, there's there's all kinds of new opportunities in the in the new Big 12. I'm excited Colorado's back. I think the league as a whole is more united than it's ever been. Um, and they're ready to say bye to Texas and Oklahoma and turn over a new page and sort of form a new identity in a new world of college football. And um, Colorado can be a huge part of that. And if they're good, then that's good for the league. So I'm all for that, just not on Saturday afternoon. Kevin, a lot of people have Colorado in that three that's at three and a half wins. Yep. A lot of people are taking the under here. Yeah. What kind of is, is there disrespect or is that just the way things are going to be? You know, I think it's Colorado when you cover it. I think we're seeing it from every analyst. It's either they're going to be great or they're going to be terrible. There's no in between. Yeah. It's OK to be in the middle ground. Um, realistically, I think too many people have have been scarred from that one and 11 season. We've talked about it already. There's about nine guys from last season, maybe 10 from last season, uh, last season's roster on scholarship yeah. that are still there. So we kind of have to throw last year out the window. It feels impossible, but like last year literally doesn't matter except for my transitive property example earlier, just because mm. it kind of coincides. But realistically, 
I think it's a little unfair. Um, they do get to play Stanford. They do get, um, I believe they get Arizona and Arizona state or they get one of them. Yeah. Um, they get Washington state later in the year. Um, and who knows, maybe the team hits the ground running or maybe they pick up momentum during the middle of the year. They have winnable games. Um, but again, we hate the unknown and I think that's what Colorado is. So I f- it feels safe to go under. Steven, the, your team went to a national championship last year, the first big 12 team to win a game in the college football playoff. And nobody cares seven and five seven point five over under total right it feels like everybody forgot already that tcu had such a great year with max duggan is seven and five it is disrespectful i'll say it but it is disrespectful is that a low low bar that tcu is going to waste or pass yeah i think it is for sure i mean you know drake we see coaches all the time that have to make up disrespect narratives like i don't remember which player it was but george after that shellacking the championship game last year one of their guys was like somebody picked us to go five and seven and everyone collectively said who was that like who 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 said that in their right mind that was your coach kirby smart that told you that and good for you guys for buying into it but sonny dykes i mean i think he has legitimate ammunition here the over under as you said is seven and a half most people are picking them to finish in the middle of the big 12 even in this game i feel like pretty much everyone's picking TCU to win, but they're not talking a lot about TCU. They're mainly talking about Colorado. And I get it. It's a great storyline. There's, you know, a a lot um, that's exciting about that program, but they're not even the the kind of the main story in big noon kickoffs world, you know, coming off a great season. But to to answer your original question, yes. And you look at the schedule, especially early, um, you know, after this game Saturday, Nickel State, Houston, SMU, West Virginia, Iowa State, and then you start to hit the the meat of the schedule of BYU, K-State, Tech, Baylor, Texas, et cetera. But honestly, I think through the first six or seven games, they could have six or seven wins. And then you're just talking about going, you know, two and two and three, one and four down the stretch. Like that's very manageable. Um, so I, I would smash that over with a sledgehammer if I were, yep. you know, a, a, a person that was laying money down. I think it's um, really almost too easy. Anything can happen, but yeah. uh, seven and a half wins is is very, very obtainable for this team. With a big game, I'd say the biggest game in the Big 12 this weekend between Colorado and TCU. Let's find out the keys for each team to win right here on Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Game time. Look, it is. It is. It is game time this weekend. There are a lot of college football games going on in your area. I don't know where you live, but I can guarantee you that much. If you're in Provo, Utah, obviously you've got games everywhere. I mean, if, you're in, if you're in Chicago, I was looking the other day. We have, I think it's number six, the number six area of listeners for Locked On Big 12 internationally, Sierra Leone. I think the Game Time app even works there. Go to, look, look, download the Game Time app right now, and you can access these tickets to college football college events, concerts, any of that for cheap. Because what they do is we get right up to game time and the ticket prices go down. Flash deals, last minute tickets, easy to find. And you get a picture of your seat when you go in and you see it. Also, if you find somebody else, some find somebody else with a better price, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Snag some tickets right now without the stress at game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use code locked on college. All right. This is where it's that you, you download the app code locked on college, $20 off your first purchase. If the purchase is $20, congrats, free tickets. Terms do apply. Again, create an account to redeem code locked on college for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All right. Keys to the game. Kevin, 
if Colorado is going to pull off a monumental 20-point upset, what's that key? Yeah, they got a few keys. They need to limit the offense. They need to make Chandler Morris uncomfortable. I talked about it earlier. Um, he struggled last season. Obviously, there's room for growth for him, obviously. Uh, you, get, you sit behind Max Duggan. You kind of experience the camaraderie of making it to the championship. That helps you, even if you don't play. Um, you build off of that, but they need to make him uncomfortable. Um, they need to protect Shadur Sanders. That offensive line is scary hours. Um, I am very concerned. If Colorado loses by a lot, it's because their offensive line can't protect Shadur. And then you need a little luck. A little luck never hurt nobody, right? Am I right? We, lo- we love our lucky charms. We love Keys our to the game. Club. Get lucky. I we love need- it, Kevin. I love it. I'm just saying, sometimes you need to win those. You got to get the fumble. You got to get the loose balls. You got to get a, a good bounce your way on an interception, whatever it may be. Um, sometimes it doesn't hurt to get a little lucky, especially when you have 50 new players playing together for the first time. That was my mantra in high school. Sometimes just, I'm just trying to get lucky, man. <laughs> Retweet. <laughs> Key to the game. Key to the game. Uh, Steven, for you, I have seen Chandler Morris with my own two eyes throw for 500 yards in a college football game. Is he the key to not just this game, but the whole season? And if not, what is? Yeah, I mean, I think he definitely is, right? Protecting the football is going to be a huge deal. Kevin discussed it there when he was talking about the keys for Colorado. But you want to play a clean football game. That can be a challenge in the first game of the season. No silly turnovers. Don't give up a special teams touchdown. Don't give this team an opportunity to build some confidence, get some hope, steal possessions, all the football 101 things that we love to discuss. But, yeah, Chandler's the key here. I mean, uh, they built this offense uh, apparently with him in mind. You know, it's going to be heavy RPO. They're going to run a lot of tempo. Um, and I think this wide receivers group is pretty deep. They don't have a ton of returning production there, but they brought in a lot of guys. They're excited about JoJo Earl, John Paul Richardson, Dalen Wright um, in the transfer portal. And so spreading the ball around, uh, you know, finding ways to get those guys the ball in space. And this is not last season – Max, he had a good deep ball, and I think a lot of times there was, you know, this this mantra of screw it, QJ's down there somewhere. Let me just yeah. chuck this ball up in the air and let him go make a play. Uh, that's not going to be the recipe here with Chandler. I feel like it's going to be a lot more intermediate passing game, you know, taking what the defense gives you, working quickly, moving the chains, and um, we'll see that on Saturday. And then running the football, you know, you got a couple of new running backs in Monty Bailey and Trey Sanders. Uh, I, I think the trenches is where TCU has a big advantage, so I feel like that physicality is going to be a huge key for them to bring that and set the tone early in this game. Kevin, obviously Travis Hunter is a name that everybody knows. Who's the name that nobody knows that if they step up, Colorado wins? Ooh, that's a good one. Okay, I think you need to look at – we'll go offense and defense. I'll give you one each. Yep. On offense, um, I think it's going to be Xavier Weaver. Um, we talked about him earlier, and I've been harping t- to Stephen about, about him, so that's why he's quite familiar as well. Um, you, he left USF as one of their most accomplished receivers of all time. Um, I think everybody's yep. going to be keyed in on Travis Hunter um, on the offensive side of the ball. But Xavier Weaver, he's a jump ball getter. Um, him and his, his tag team duo, Jimmy Horn, uh, he's – fastest guy probably in the country or one of the fastest guys in the country. So Xavier Weaver, jump ball guy. Um, I think Shadur is kind of latched onto him as well as Travis this um, off season and guys he likes to throw to. So that's my offensive guy. And then defensive. Oof. I kind of mentioned him earlier, but Jordan Dominic um, pass rusher from Arkansas uh, gets to the quarterback seven and a half sacks for the Razorbacks last year. Um, I think yeah. the key to success in college football is making quarterbacks uncomfortable and bringing quarterbacks down. Um, it's one thing to pressure them, but as we know, it doesn't matter. Everybody, just about every quarterback can run. Um, so you got to bring him down. And I think he's the guy that you need to know. 
Chandler Morris has been a name that we've thrown it out a couple of times already here, Stephen. And it's not like the entire TCU roster is gone. All the production is gone. But who who's that guy that we haven't heard of that steps up big to be Colorado? Yeah, I mean, I think people know of this guy, but he wasn't a huge factor in the passing game last year. And that's Jared Wiley, the tight end. Um, huge frame, stands at 6'7". And they mainly use him as an in- inline blocker last season. He's really physical. He can do that well. Uh, but he can catch the football. And he knows what to do when he gets the ball in his hands. I think work in the middle of the field, using him in the red zone is going to be a huge factor of what they do. And, and he's the player on this team that you, you're replacing a lot of NFL production um, I, I think he can really help his draft stock this season just with his size and physicality. If he can add that dimension to his game of being able to catch the football, work after the catch, that'll be huge for him. Um, and that's the name I think you'll you'll really know top of mind when you start talking about TCU this season as the season starts to unfold. What would a win mean for these two programs? For Colorado, obviously, it'd be a massive upset. For TCU, maybe it's just another game. We discuss that next here on Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Steven, if TCU wins a game where they're favored by 21 points against Deion Sanders, uh, do you think this team wins another national goes? To another national. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa, take it easy there. <laughs> I mean, I think it's it would be hopefully uh, a business like victory that yeah. sort of just gives them some affirmation that they're on the right track more than anything else. Um, Sonny Dykes has just talked about how he feels like this group actually has more of a chip on their shoulder than last year's team. Last year's team was kind of playing with house money. There weren't high expectations. And maybe there aren't this year as well from a national perspective. I think in-house there are, though. And I also just believe there's a lot of guys that want to prove, hey, that was not a flash in the pan. Obviously didn't put their best foot forward in the biggest game of the year. You know, they endured all the memes, all the ridicule from that national yep. title game and everything that came with it. And so losing to Colorado – um, would definitely ramp up the talk of what a fluky season that was. This team is not really, you know, as good as we thought they were. Sonny Dykes can't continue to build on that. But a win would just be, hey, yeah, you took care of business. You did what you're supposed to do. And now you you turn the page and, and kind of move into the next year. Kevin, if Colorado wins this game, I'm going to say it for you. If Colorado wins this game, they'll be ranked higher than TCU is currently ranked in next week's poll. The the hype around Deion Sanders, if he gets it done with 50-plus transfers against TCU, is going to blow up. What would a win mean for Colorado? You know, Drake, I have a counter question for you before we go. What, what does yes. it mean when your girlfriend says nothing is wrong? It means everything because everything something is, is wrong. clearly wrong. Yes, 100%. and so... If Colorado wins, it means everything. Um, I've talked to recruiting experts. I've talked to recruits. They want to see Colorado succeed. Um, Dion put together a top 25 class in about five minutes on the job. What do you think he's yeah. going to do if he takes down national powers, national brands like TCU, um, a ranked team? Um, I think realistically, like you said, Colorado wins this game. They're going to jump into the top 25. Do they deserve it? We'll find out as the season goes on, but they're going to be ranked. Um, they're they're going to trend more than they already do. Um, I think you look at Twitter or whatever it's called now, Colorado's trending just about every day. Um, they'll be yeah. trending even more. And if they lose, um, we're going to find out how Coach Prime, how this program handles adversity because they're going to become a meme. And I think it's all like everybody's like, oh, it's fine. It's just a football game. But until the whole social media is clowning on you and kind of taking a, you know what, on your program, uh, we don't really know what you're made of. And so it's a dub, a Kevin. 
a lot of implications. Correct, a dump. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> There's a lot of implications for this game. Um, it means a lot for t- for Colorado. They can't let it determine their season, um, but they need to like take advantage of the opportunity they have. So, Stephen, what would a loss then mean for TCU? Because it sounds like for Colorado, it would just be, hey, we lost a game that we were supposed to lose by three touchdowns. What does a loss mean for the Horn Frogs? Well, honestly, I mean, similar to what Kevin said, it would it would kind of be the first time that Sonny Dykes has experienced real adversity, right? Like, obviously, the national championship game was a bad loss, but that team still played over their heads and got to where they uh, got to a place nobody thought they could. This would be gut check time. Okay, how do you turn the page now? There's some doubters. And I'll tell you one thing about the end of the Gary Patterson era. Those teams, like when they when they started going downhill, they would fold in the tent in a hurry. Like they had yeah. some losses to SMU in 2019 and 2021, and that really turned the table on their season, and they couldn't recover from that. Um, and so we would see just sort of, okay, how do you respond now? Uh, and I think it would also just, you know, as I said earlier, kind of reaffirm a, a lot of the – negative ideas people had about TCU's season and how they follow up uh, the program. So is it the end of the world? As Kevin said, no, but uh, there's, there's a lot you would have to kind of get through and sift through before you could get off the mat again and and hopefully find a way to, to turn things around. Kevin apocalyptic scenario, Colorado wins this football game. Um, I just, I it's, this is a lot, obviously. I know you know that, but I need your objective. You're honest. And okay, add a little fan in too. How do these four quarters play out? Who wins the game? You know, I question Colorado's offense line. I mentioned it earlier. I did a deep dive through their PFF grades, which for the people out there, I don't use analytics um, as to base my arguments, but I use it as a crush. Neither does PFF, by the way. But continue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have a whole database for it. You think they could try to use it? Um, but realistically, their offense linemen, they all graded mediocre at best they have a couple good ones their second best lineman um, was just deemed ineligible which i did this rant on our crossover the ncaa cares about mental health apparently um but he had to go transfer to a school where his mental health was free and taken care of and he's not eligible but the ncaa cares Woo. um anyway the offensive line um and that that's my worry um shadur sanders can move but realistically realistically excuse me how productive is a quarterback always on the run so i think We'll have big plays. Um, I don't think that's going to be out of the realm of possibility. They have too many athletes to not have big plays. But can they keep up with what TCU will probably be more stable, I guess you could say, with their offense? Um, They're not going to be hucking it around like they did last year, like Steven mentioned. But I think they're going to hit you with that steady and consistent, slow and steady wins the race, which it's ironic to call Sunny Dykes offense slow. But Sean Lewis's offense is faster. So it's going to be fast. It's going to be interesting. Um, I think there's going to be highlights, but I think there's going to be some major big – like stupid place to say to say the least <laughs> so well, Colorado lose yeah yeah i think it's gonna be a close one i think they'd cover realistically um i just okay. i have too many questions about tcu's offense and all the people they lost obviously they mm-hmm. brought them in brought in good people but there's a lot of missing piece or a lot of moving pieces and so i think colorado could keep it close and even if you keep it close i'm not a moral victories guy but you kind of have to have something to build off of so Sweet. All right, Stephen Simcox, you just won a close game in Borba's book. What do you think is going to happen on Saturday? 
Well, I mean, I think TCU comes out, and Kevin talked about the offense. You know, funny thing, funny story real quick. Chandler Morris was on uh, on three podcasts recently, and he said his dad, Chad Morris, and Drake, I'm sorry, I know you have some Arkansas Ugh. roots, and that name might make you bristle a little My bit. That is the worst. Yeah, yeah, well, he was he was there at practice, and he was apparently asking Chandler, he was like, how do you guys line up so fast? So if Chad Morris is impressed with the speed of your offense, I think both these teams are going to go fast, and um, the game might end in three hours because it's a stupid – clock rule now that the clock doesn't stop after first downs but yep. both these teams are going to try to maximize and give as many plays as possible but tcu if they get it done i feel like as i said earlier they played a clean game um they kind of imposed their will especially in the running game um they churned out yards on the ground they limited colorado's possessions and they took advantage of an o-line that's in flux and got to the quarterback and made plays i, I could see i can see a game where it's close in the first half for the first few quarters as the teams are kind of feeling each other out. But I just think ultimately the depth of this team um, that TCU has is going to take over. Frogs win, frogs cover. Dion is mad in the press conference afterwards, and, you know, we we continue to march right along into the season. Dion quits his job, goes somewhere else. Yeah, has a big <laughs> – has a tirade. Guys, thanks for joining the show today. Kevin, welcome to the Big 12. Welcome back to the Big 12. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. I'm glad to be along this journey. Steven, I'm glad to watch football so people can stop asking me how good this team it's with back. 50 new players is. <laughs> it's back. Uh, it's Steven, back, thank you for going to a national championship. We will full stop it right there. You guys made the game. That's right. And <laughs> nothing else happened. Actually, I think the season ended after the Michigan game. That's that was that was how it was, was in my personal record. They accidentally canceled the national championship because of weather. Um, Hate to see it. Yeah. Guys, thanks again for joining Kevin Borba. Go follow him, Locked On Buffs. That is TCU, Locked On Horn Frogs, Stephen Simcox. Saturday, football. It's all back tomorrow. This has been It Always Will Be. Come back on Monday. We'll recap the whole weekend on Locked On. Thanks for making it your first listen every single day. Dose Grande. <laughs> <laughs>